I'll rip your arm off. You know what? Get your ass back home, get in the gym, and figure out what the hell you're doing wrong. Might be called the five-point move. I'm frustrated with the way our Greco guys from the United States are treated because they are good athletes, they are good human beings that, that want to win. we got to help them get there. Hello and welcome to episode 28 of the Five Point Move podcast. I'm Tim Hans, founder and senior editor of FivePointMove.com. And what we have here is a very special pre-World Championships edition of the program. That is because we have three U.S. World Team members. First is Giangelo Hancock, 97 kilograms, ranked third in the world, which means he will be seated third at the World Championships from Nur-Sultan, Kazakhstan. This is Hancock's first appearance on the program. After he's done, it is Joe Rao and Max Nowry who have both been on before. Joe Rao, 87 kilograms. His second U.S. World Team, Max Nowry, 55 kilograms, a University World Champion in 2012. This is his first Senior World Team. And as for my co-host, Dennis Hall, I said he was going to be on for the next episode. He couldn't make it this time, and that is because it's a good reason. It's because he was putting the finishing touches on his World Gold Wrestling Club's new location, and it has taken a lot of work, a lot of logistics, and it's just chaos. It's chaos for everybody. Everybody's busy right now. Hall's busy. The World Championships are coming up. World Week is coming up. So there's a lot to get pumped up over. If you like hardcore Greco talk leading up to a major World Championships, a qualifying World Championships, there's no better place to start than right now with Giangelo Hancock. Joining me now is 2019 U.S. World Team member, third World Team in a row, 2016 Junior Bronze, and however many U23 teams now, I think that's three in a row as well, Giangelo Hancock, 97 kilograms. Okay, let's get this out of the way right now, and that is... World Team Camp came and went. Uh, I think it wrapped last week. It took place the you know started the week before then, and I was in uh, Key West, which was wonderful, and I didn't want to come back. But nevertheless, that's not the point. The point is, is that you weren't at the U.S. World Team Camp at the OTC. Instead, you were overseas, uh, Scandinavia. So let's go over the particulars really quick. First and foremost. How did this plan come together? Second of all, and I look at I, I I get that at the end of the day this is an individual sport, but they there's always that you know background of team unity, team chemistry, and things like that. I want to know if that played into your decision at all, and also exactly what have you been doing and where have you been? Go. Well, uh, first and foremost, I want to thank you for having me today, Timmy. I appreciate that a lot. But, uh, you know, as far as my planning works and uh, my schedule, you know, like I'm under, I really believe strong in Mamir's philosophy, you know, and, and, and he always told me, hey, man, this is your deal. This is your journey. No one's taking it with you. You know what I mean? We'll be here along the way, but this is your journey. And uh, I believe ever since I started actually considering my wrestling in that manner that, uh, you know, things have been on the, on, the, on the up and up. And, I, you know, I'm grateful for having Mamir around. And so that, that kind of took a huge play into this planning. You know, I was thinking, 
you know, I want to do something different. You know, it's, it's not about being different, but, you know, it's more of, it's more of a different strategy of, of attack. You know, I've been on two teams now. This is my third. And uh, I've been to the rodeo. I, I follow a lot of the structure. And I feel like, you know, maybe I want to take things into my own hands. You know, I've been around, you know, a lot of cultures, a lot of training camps. I'm starting to, I feel, uh, you know, understand my Greco, my Greco and just, just how I work. And, uh, I want to 100% to get out here and wrestle with, with these foreigners. You know, the thing is, is that a lot of times we wrestle for months on end in the States. We wrestle with our, a lot of our other American, uh, I wouldn't say opponents, but American, uh, you know, teammates and just, you know, just fighting. So I guess I do have to say opponents, but, uh, and, you know, we go to the big show and we ended up after three months of wrestling with an American or three months wrestling with our guys, we go to the big show and we end up wrestling with a guy that we, we don't have a feel for. We didn't get to feel this in, in three to four months. And I just don't think that that's, that was right for me. You know, I wanted to go into the world championships, familiarize with, with, you know, what I'm going to be wrestling, what I'm going to be doing with. And, uh, I couldn't find right now a better training place to be. You know, I decided to hit some training camps, hit, hit Norway, Finland. And I think that was the best thing for me. Uh, however, though, for team camaraderie, you know, I feel like I know a lot of these guys on the team, you know, and it's, it's kind of a consistent team. We've had always the, the top one or two, maybe three guys that, you know, kind of get rotated on that world team. So I feel like there's no foreign land as far as as far as our mutual relationship, as far as how I know those guys, and you know they know me, and uh, I don't think it was no harm, no foul done by coming overseas and you know training on my own. And we all have our own plans, you know we're all in different states sometimes, and so we all we can't keep keep up with each other twenty four seven. Thing is, I feel uh, no matter what, when we come to Kazakhstan, we we all have a Greco approach, we all have a mindset, and, and everyone wants to get Greco better. So it's not about well where we it's more about were you putting in the work, you know? And, and that's the thing is, you know, we're holding everybody accountable. And, you know, even if we're not in the, in the same state or the same country, I feel like we all hold each other accountable. We all want to get medals for the Greco program, as we know they're much needed. So, uh, you know, that was, that's kind of the approach right now I'm taking. You said take it in your own hands. That's interesting. It's interesting because if there has been, at least coming from the older guard, the retired athletes, you know, many of whom have medals, I should say, if they've had one critique of the current younger generation, it's that they're too coach dependent and that they, you know, not to, you know, completely beat it overhead, but they don't necessarily maybe take it in their own hands enough. Is that something that you've come to discover more over the past year? You know, I've definitely come to discover that, you know, you can believe in the process and you know, there's a thousand roads to get to the same destination. There's no one way to do it. And that's, if anything, that's what I've learned. I've learned that, uh, you know, it's, it's not about being dependent upon a coach. It's just about being an independent athlete, knowing what's right, what has to get done. And I know at the end of the day, every single day I'm putting in the work, I'm grinding and then I'm doing what I believe is the best thing that I can possibly do to get my gold medal, my belt, you know, and uh, that, that's the plan. So I, I wouldn't, you know, I can't down talk to anyone and say, oh, maybe they're too too lenient upon a coach. Or, but what, what I will say is that I, I do believe there's a difference from training in the states to training outside the states. The fact of the matter is, as far as Greco, if you train, you're training in the states. That that's, uh, you know, all all power to you. However, uh, is your training partners the ones that are getting medals? Your training partners the ones that are that are that are performing up to their their level every single time they get on the mat. And uh, you have to ask yourself these questions. These are the questions I ask myself, and I want to be surrounded by greatness. You know, a, a lion surrounds himself by 
you know, a pride on the same mission. And, and that's exactly my goal. I like, I like the way you put this is that you said independent and that there's, you know, basically, you know, many different ways to skin a cat. It's so what you're saying essentially, at least the way it sounds to me is that you use the word independent. So it's not so much maybe athletes or a grouping of athletes are coach dependent. Your take on it is, well, maybe that works for them. Like, it's right. Not, okay. you know, it's a form. I would say it's a form of integrity. You know, it's, it's, it's and it, it, you know, that word can be used in so many ways, but it's doing the right thing, you know, when no one's looking. Right. So if that comes down to what you have to work on, because for everyone is different, especially in the sport of wrestling. So for everyone's different. So, if, if I need to work on my, my, my parterre defense, that's what I have to do. For, for someone else, their part defense, parterre defense may be up to par. They have to work on their parterre offense. For someone else, they have to work on their hip explosiveness where they're hitting dummy throws. And it comes down to being independent enough to know who you are, know what you need, and put in that work. Because the same thing won't work for everyone. And, and you know, that's just part of the deal. We are, what well, I mean, it's, it's, it's September. So it's September 3rd. Okay. So, I I'm, I don't even know if I'm going to bother to do the the fast math here. Correct me, because and I don't know if you've had the time to do the math. I don't know what you do on those flights. I don't know if you have your earbuds in or your Beats on or whatever the hell it is, and like you just go zone out the entire time until you land in Europe. But it seems to me that there's a strong possibility that you've spent more time overseas so far in 2019 than you have in the U S is that accurate? You think? Well, well, I, yeah, I haven't done that math either. Uh, it's you know, close. I tell you it's that. gotta be close. You know, perhaps, you know, that that could be very true. And, you know, and I'm grateful for that if it is the case. And I hope, and, you know, I hope that is, you know, I hope, you know, I hope it pays off as well. Okay, well, let's look at it. Why not? Let's have fun with this real quick. Okay, so you went over <laughs> early February, right? February right. was Zagreb and Hungary back to back, correct? Yep. Then I think, and then I think we followed up with uh, Denmark, right? Where you stayed, didn't you? You right. stayed. You stayed overseas after Hungary, right? Didn't you go to Germany yeah. in between, or some Norway and Germany? Yeah. In between? Mm-hmm. We were in Germany for some time, yeah. And then I think we, oh man, we might have left from Germany to go to, uh, I don't know if I went to Sweden or I had another pit stop after Germany for sure. Okay. So or maybe Germany I came home. Right off the bat, look at it. Right off the bat, you're not even completely positive. So there you go. So then you come back from Thor Masters, you come back from Denmark. So you're, you're back for, let's say, it's old Pan Am Championships. Right? Correct, yep. And then the open the next week. And then and I think I left. Wait, go ahead. I'm not sure if I might have left off. It was uh, after the open. Well, no, we, we stayed for a while. It was a week and a half. And then we had the final legs for two weeks. And then we had final legs. And then after that was uh, the games, right? That's correct, yeah. So at the very least, you've spent... It's close because we're in August. So with this, you've already been in country or in Europe now for what? Two weeks almost? Oh, I think I've been over two weeks. Yeah, almost three weeks. Okay. You piece this, you piece this together. It's over. It's gotta be four months. 
which would almost be half the year. Yeah, actually. Jeez. <laughs> Gosh, you know, it's a, it's a miracle that like, that you've been a, like, just think about like linguistically how much your brain should be a mess by now considering how many different languages you've had to encounter. Just forget over the past three years, just this last eight months, seven months, whatever, yeah, since it's sure. it, it might have been like that before I even got exposed to this stuff. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, because you closed out. I mean, right. You've, you, you, you closed out uh, with two world tournaments in uh, 18, right? Yes. Exactly. Oh, gosh. Anyway, it's funny because this is why, this is exactly why we did the 19,000 word article last year. This is exactly why. One of my favorites. Yeah, this is why, because there's however many trips in three years, there's what? There's, you got, I mean, like what, two dozen? I mean, more than that. It's it's insane, yeah. You are a citizen of the world, is what they would is what they would call you, a citizen of the world. Yeah, I bet you do. I bet you do. Um, so let's talk about. Uh, let's just run through some of this because you're you're getting close to game time here. It's September third. Uh, you're less than two weeks out. Um, would you say that? Comparative to the 17 world team, senior world team, the 18 senior world team, that this season itself has been almost a different sort of mission. Now, I'm taking qualifying out of the equation for just a second, because for you, I don't even think it's about qualifying. I think for you, it's about the podium. But you figure... It's been bang, 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 bang with tournaments. You've meddled in every single thing you've touched. And uh, I don't know. It's I know you very well, obviously, personally, professionally. I know you very well. And I, I can't quite put my finger on it. I'd like to say, I mean, I, I look at you and I, you know, like maybe it's, maybe it's, maturity but i wouldn't even just say it's maturity it's like competitive maturity is the term i like to use and there hasn't been one time throughout 2019 where i've come across where i've come across a conversation with you with you where i've left it thinking anything other than man this guy is focused this year it just seems different is it different or is that just me being romantic about the situation <laughs> well uh you know, I think I think every year, you know, you you never you never lose, you learn. You know, you win or you learn. That's the that's the thing. And so I could definitely see it from that perspective for sure. But uh, you know, the the goal, of course, is always the same: to be the best in the world. You know, at my craft. And uh, I can just I can say I I think over time, you know, I'm learning myself. You know, I'm learning myself, and that's just I'm grateful for that opportunity because you know, wrestling teaches so much more than just the sport of wrestling. It teaches individuals just you know who they are you know their abilities as a as a person they know how to grow and um i can just definitely say that you know god willing 
things things are uh, are starting to pan out. You know, things are starting to be understood as far as you know what 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 I need to do, what has to get done on a day to day basis. You know, I'd say only thing that that's changed for me is really uh, you know, every day I walk in the resting room, it is the world championships. And you know, I mean, I don't even know how many days there there are until the day I compete. But I feel like every day I walk in the wrestling room, every day I walk in the weight room, every day I start running on the pavement or, or the, the, in the forest out here in minority countries, it is the world championships. I'm running, I'm running to a gold medal, and that's 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 all I can think every single day. And so that that's that's what's constantly on my mind. And it's it's not it's no stress. There's no no burdens on my my shoulders whatsoever. It's just constant constant visualization and and and. Uh, you know, I'm a fight. I'm a bite, nail, and scratch to reach to reach whatever I have to to do. You know, to get to that point. You've had a lot of great matches, a lot of memorable matches this season. I can't. I mean, I still think about the the Hungarian Grand Prix uh, against <laughs> Basquez. That's not because that was the gold. The reason why it was my favorite is because he scored, and then you guys start over. And you scored right away. Like there was like no pause. It was like, okay. And you forced it to, um, I look at some of your, your opponents and uh, obviously I'm trying to imagine all of these things out for not just for you, for all of uh, our guys, you know, uh, you go, you do a lot of comparing and contrasting, even if certain guys haven't competed against another guy, you do the comparing and contrasting. You look at video, eh, you know, or, or that, Yes. And, you know, like you look at certain guys and you try to imagine how they might do with you. That's not a problem because maybe you haven't tangled with everybody at 97 this season, but you you have throughout the last couple of years, pretty much. Um, The one guy who I am confused about and maybe you'll like to uh, educate me is uh the Cuban who just did very well obviously at the I keep using obviously uh at the junior worlds uh Rosio Gabriel Rosio why are you not throwing him around um he seems like he's tailor made for you and I know he's tough I know he's good uh, I thought the match in the Pan Am championships was uh pretty pretty much a mess as far as officiating goes that was the case for both you and even more so for Kamal, but you've had two cracks at him this season. And, and I'm not saying this out of bias. I'm not saying this as out of favoritism uh, towards you, but I look at him and he seems like a guy you should pretty much handle. What has been the problem with him? Technically, tactically, whatever. Well, you know, the Cubans have a very, um, I can probably put a word on it. Strange, I suppose is the best word. Strange style of wrestling, you know. And uh, there's a certain sense you get when you're wrestling. A certain feel you get when, when uh, you know, your danger is, uh, is 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 possible. And so, you know, you know, it comes down to exposure. You know, I, I haven't had a lot of exposure to the, to the Cuban wrestlers. However. At the games, you know, it was, it was, it was a tight one, but, uh, you know, that, that's how, that's how the game goes. But I definitely, you know, in my head, I, I thought, well, the next match is going to be different for sure, you know, I, especially after the championships. And, uh, it was, you know, in my head, it was, you know, there's things that I, that I, um, I wasn't satisfied with, but I definitely noticed that I changed up and, and, you know, looking back on the matches, which I now do and I never have before, but, uh, you know, there's things. <laughs> which you said <laughs> it, it, on the record in living color in February. <laughs> and so, um, 
looking back, you know, I also see errors, you know, and uh, I, I can only promise that I will capitalize on those errors. You know, I won't, won't speak on them, but, you know, they were definitely, I'll definitely capitalize on them. And the thing is that every time we wrestle, it'll be different. And I know, I know that in, in my mind, it's like that. And I'm, I'm sure in his, it's the same way. And um, exactly. So just, just look forward to round three. Well, he's the one. If you, I, I'm just saying, like he's the one that who annoys me the most. Like, there's other guys you've competed against where win or lose. Like, I, I get it. Like, I know, you know, I, I get it. Like, I understand why something might have happened or whatever. I, I get it. And it's not a diss to him. He's he's excellent. It's just that, like, I no, went, yeah, just at the games, I was like, okay. I mean. The Pan Am Championships match, I would almost as soon as throw away, just because that was kind of a disgrace from top to bottom. Uh, that tournament itself was really a complete, uh, just a a dumpster fire. Um, it just really was. Uh, I mean, I, I I think I think about Kamal's final. I mean, I did a whole video breakdown of this thing, and I think about Kamal's final and how they awarded negative wrestling they banged the cuban for negative wrestling and now they didn't give an attention excuse me they didn't give an attention first so they were wrong to bang the cuban for negative wrestling in a way but at the same time they restarted the action giving kamal two and then they let the cubans challenge it after you know 45 seconds or so had gone by or whatever and it's like come on like what are we doing? It just I, I right. And, it. Yeah, you know the thing is, is like we we have to, you know, you know, especially after you know incidents, we have to know that sometimes we're not going to get the, we're not going to get the calls. You know, we're not going to always get the calls we want. And that's why we have to prepare for moments like that to where to where we're winning and you know so you know you never know what happens. Sometimes the ref, bam, you get hit with something you know undeserving and. Those are the moments you got to dig deep in. Those, hey, this, this is what the training's for, and this is what we got to come back for. But uh, you know, touching back on the Cuban is that uh, you know he's also a lot like me. You know, I, I feel like in a long way, that in, in a lot of ways, he, he wrestles similar to me. You know, he, he's he's a kind of longer, lankier guy, and he's uh, definitely strong. You know, and he's athletic, and so, so those are things we gotta gotta pay attention to too. You know, weaknesses in in that style of wrestling, which is similar to mine. Which is only which is only set for self growth, you know that I don't that only lines it up for for growth for myself because I have to be aware of these same openings. That's fair to that's fair to point out. I'd also point out to uh, the juniors, the U.S. juniors who came home with the medals. Do you know what Do you know what one part one of their mantras was? What's one, one of their mantras was, uh, "You got to beat four guys on the mat, not just one." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Three reps and then your opponent. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Anyway, uh, did you catch the uh, Junior Worlds? You know, I, I caught. I think I caught one of the matches. I caught Peyton's, and that that was about it. It was it was pretty late uh, where I was at. I wasn't really up for that, but uh, I did catch some some highlights of the others. But Peyton was also that, that was awesome. That was amazing. Congrats to Peyton. Congrats to Austin. Congrats, of course, to Cole. You know, he's the man. That that was just amazing to see him. You know, it's a, it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, I mentioned this to Alice last week. Is that, and I think I wrote about this as well, is that Colton Schultz, his last three world tournament losses have all been by a point apiece. 
you know that that and those are those are the you know that, that's character defining you know what i mean it is especially considering that the point the uh iranian got at the junior world was uh, a nonsense passive but nevertheless um uh you have bigger things on the horizon and i know that uh you do not like to reflect you're not in a reflecting kind of mood right now uh you have a task that you are trying to accomplish but we got to just like deal with brass tacks here brass tacks is you're going to be the third seed at the world championships the brass taxes that you have won or placed in every single thing you've done this year do you have a favorite match yourself that you've had this year or favorite tournament, whichever? So far, so um, far. You know, actually, I, you know, I couldn't say, I couldn't say, you know, I, I really couldn't. Thing is, is that I'm, I'm, I'm so determined on, on looking on moving forward and looking forward that I, I can't at all dwell. I, I don't have the luxury to dwell on um, any tournaments, you know, or any matches right now because I'm just so I'm I'm, I'm so focused on this, this this upcoming tournament. And like I say, every day I, I it is the World Championships when I step in the ring. You know, I'm considering points. I'm considering everything in my mind. I'm considering you know tactics, strategies for you know this this type of wrestler if he comes at me a certain way. So no, I, I couldn't say I have a certain master that that uh, you know I was proud of this year, a certain tournament I was proud of. You know, I'm just you know I'm happy that I'm representing the U.S. and I'm happy that uh, I'm doing it in 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 you know the manner that I have. You know, it's a beautiful thing, but there's no there's no time to dwell right on anything right now, especially two weeks out from other worlds. You know, I'm sure there's an awful lot of people who will fist pump and high five each other over what you just said let me switch gears then you're training overseas close to the world championships you're in foreign room foreign athletes well i mean they're foreign to me maybe maybe not you (laughs) but anyway (laughs) do you receive any attention from coaches like so if you're in finland let's say and you're working with kusman and kusmanen if you're working with him or working with somebody, a guy that you could potentially be head to head with in a week and a half, two weeks from now in Kazakhstan, do you get tips? Do they coach you up, or is it just like you're the guy in the room and you? Well, you know, it's it's extremely rare, extremely rare. But you know, the fact of the matter is, I think I've been blessed with with enough coaches in my life and been blessed with seeing enough that. You know, I'm able to I'm able to learn and, and understand my own errors and pick on my own errors. And you know, I thank God for that because you know He's He's given me that that ability. You know, and uh, grateful for the coaches that I've had in my life that that nitpick and that that are constantly on me because without that, well, I wouldn't be you know I probably wouldn't be overseas as much as I am. <laughs> but um, you know, I think it's, I think it's a, a great ability to have just a, a, a understanding and a feeling for wrestling, and so. And the thing I love the most is when I, you know, I'm wrestling a guy and, and he gets coached because when he does get coached, something changes. And, and the only that changes is the wrestling, you know, and I, and I have to get better. I have to adapt to that change. And like I said, in my mind, if, if it's the world championships and, you know, a guy, which is very common, you know, first period is certain, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a game. It's all the dance. And that first period is, is something, some, you know, a certain style of dancing. And then it's the, the second, 
maybe tango. You know, it may change up, go from ballroom to tango. And sometimes you got to know how to how to ballroom dance and how to tango. And the good thing is, when they get coached, they switch it up. And then, well, as do my feet. Represent your team or club with top quality singlets, board shorts, and two-piece uniforms from BarbarianApparel.com. Get creative with team logos and custom designs that make a statement on and off the mat. Worn by the pros and trusted by national teams all over the world, Barbarian Apparel supplies wrestlers with the look and feel they need to conquer the competition. Team orders and discounts are always available. To learn more, stop by BarbarianApparel.com today and save 10% off using coupon code BA10. Barbarian Apparel, style everyone notices, quality everyone respects. And that was 2019 U.S. World Team member Giangelo Hancock. All business. All business. You heard the way he talked about his training plan. You heard the way he talked about training alongside foreigners. You heard the way he talked about what last year did, what some of these matches this year have done for him. And he didn't even want to revisit them so much, did he? No, because he's got his blinders on and he is a beast And I think I speak for everyone when I say we're all extremely looking forward to seeing what he might be capable of in Kazakhstan next week. Let me set up the Rao and Nauri appearance because here I am. I'm all just completely adrenalized. We're coming up on World's Week and everything. And everyone and anyone who knows me like knows I get carried away and I get just completely overcome with excitement and things like that. The Nauri and Rao appearance you're about to listen to is unique in a million ways. Well, maybe not a million ways. Let's not get crazy. But here's what happened. Is both guys were getting ready to leave for Kazakhstan on Friday evening slash, you know, late afternoon, evening, whatever it is. We didn't start recording until 2, 2.15 a.m. Eastern time. Okay. I live on the East Coast. Joe Rao was in Central Time, Chicago. Nowry was home in Colorado. They had a little bit of an advantage. Either way, it's off topic a lot of this segment. There's some craziness. There's talk about movies. There's talk about, well, I mean, Rao's involved, so there's talk about food and cooking and whatever else. There is there stuff about the world? Yes. Is there stuff about Greco? We start with it, of course. But this is a mechanism for the audience and everyone else to get to know the U.S. athletes and get a sense of who they are. And as you'll be able to hear, they're hilarious. And let's just let them take it away. Okay, now I am joined by 2019 U.S. World Team members Joe Rao and Max Nowry. All right, let's start with a question, an easy question, a softball question. And that is... (laughs) Now that you're getting ready to hop on what is sure to be a very long flight, even still, it's a flight that is going to result with you landing in Kazakhstan with just about a week before the worlds begin. Does it feel like this process this summer has gone fast or does it feel like it has gone slowly considering the camps, the tournaments, everything else? I'll let you take this one, Max. Uh, for me, it's been fast. Um just because we we well, we both wrestled at Rutgers, so June 8th, we wrestled, like June 8th, right? And then yeah. we come, we came, for, for us at WCAP, we came back and had a quick turnaround because that Monday, uh, 
we were back at practice making sure that the guys that were wrestling in Raleigh were ready. And then after that, it was another thing and just kept, like, there was one thing after another. So this summer kind of flew by fast for me. Yeah, what about you, Joe? Me, man. <laughs> yeah, the same thing, man. It's just uh, time flies when you're having fun. It's, uh, yeah, it's been kind of a blur, man. It's just, it's crazy. Uh, it's almost 2020 already, you know? Yeah, it's been good. All right, let's just get this out of the way for the audience's sake. And that is, this is not going to be the usual episode of the podcast right off the bat. We're doing this rather late. Uh, this thing is going to fly off the rails nine different ways. And we're just going to go from topic to topic and keep it as conversationally as we as we can. See, right now, Max now. <laughs> Right now, uh, he's got his camera turned on for the recording, and I can see everything he's doing, some of which I cannot mention. I probably shouldn't mention at the very least. And uh, so that is going through yeah, my golf. So bumped Timmy, out. I can't see it. Timmy, I'm going through my golf gear. <laughs> see? Oh, I know what he's doing. He's got a, a bag that holds golf balls, and it says... Let me clear, and it says it takes balls to golf. <laughs> and it is shaped like a it is certainly shaped like a you know a very uh, integral part of the male anatomy. So that's what we're working with. A nice with. pair. Yes. Of course. <laughs> At any rate. Yeah. Uh, a couple of wrestling questions and we'll just, you know, let this thing go where it goes. And that is, let's, let's ignore the fact for just a second that it's the, you know, most important tournament of the year. Do either of you pay any attention to your weight yet? No. No, I mean, I, uh, neither have I. I, I mean, I, I've seen some of the, like, um. Aziz Lee and and Sertsumi and some of the in the Russian, I've seen them wrestle, but I don't like watching video. I don't like I don't like getting caught up in 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 what my opponents are doing. I like to focus more on what I can do. And cause if I start watching too much video, I'm thinking about them more than myself. Okay. Now I'm aware of I'm aware of. I mean, at at my weight. You know, especially with like those Asian countries, you know they're gonna arm throw, and there's certain things they do to be smart, like you know, be smart about and not get caught up into. So, uh, I just there's a game plan, and I'm sticking to it, and not trying to get caught up in in what my yeah. opponent, wh- whoever I wrestle, is gonna do. I'm trying to focus on on what me and my coaches back at WCAP have been working on the last couple of months, and and that's my only game plan is just what I can do. Is it? Is it? Do you know what the Asians do? Because as an Asian athlete yourself, kind <laughs> <laughs> of like I'll, a, it takes I'll, one to know one kind of thing. I'll own a little bit of that just because the Ninja Squad. But yeah, yeah. you know, us little us little guys, we we pretty much stick to the same kind of things. You know, some people are a little more explosive and and got different moves and tricks, but. For the most part, it's higher paced and like well with Koreans and stuff, you know how like they're coming in and out a lot, especially Japan. So just 
I mean, I'm aware and I've seen that wrestling, so I don't put too much thought and effort into into that. I mean, I, I know what to expect. He knows what yeah. to expect from the land of the rising sun. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, what to expect when expecting. I I feel like you little guys just know so much more than I do. I, I don't. I don't know anything. I just go out there. Just go out there really and just do. be Joe Rao? Yeah, pretty much. They just, they just let me loose. Do you feel like you move a little more freely with your mustache? Uh, definitely. Definitely when I'm off the mat, you know, I feel kind of more free. You know, when I'm driving around in Nissan Pathfinder. You know. But I'm still, I'm still kind of figuring it out. I almost shaved it a couple times. No, but, we uh, talked about this. We did. We did, yeah. When I was trying to mm. get you to get a food man too for the world. Oh, when you were, when you and, uh, when you and uh, Michael Hooker were doing uh, unmentionable things to me. You still got imagining a lot of things, Joe. <laughs> we'll work. Okay. We'll work on that. Yeah, I'll we'll work on my imagination. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's I, I some days I'm just like I gotta cut this hair. It's like in my face and it's annoying. And like every time I eat, my mustache hair is getting in my mouth. You know, and it, and it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 the mustache is way over the lip. Weren't like, you touches my teeth? Did you, you end know? up wearing a headband during what, like warm ups and stuff? Sometimes, yeah. Nutter gave me them. Yeah, I was, just about to, I was about to bring Nutter up because yeah, I, I would make fun of him for that. And I told him he had to get cornrows. He got cornrows and then he got a junior world medal. So I feel like you should well, do the same my, thing. My Nelson's going to braid my hair when I get out there. Oh, perfect. But Robbie was telling me I got to uh, I gotta not wash my hair for a couple of days or else the braids would come out right away. And I think that's freaking like gross, especially because we're going to be working out a ton. Yeah, but that's you true. Know? That's true, though. I'm almost positive that's true. Like when See, back in, guys who back are fighters in and boxers, I had they have to do that. They have to let their hair, like, they can't clean it if they're going to, like, cornrow it or braid it or anything like that. Damn. All right, well, I'm committed, man, at yeah, this point. Yeah, because your hair's got the oil. Like, your hair's, like, that natural oil that comes through and everything else. And I think it makes it more, like, easier to shave. Yeah. Man, I was, I was just bored, like... I, and I've never had my hair this long, and I'm like, man, if I go bald one day, I'm gonna want to know what I look like with no, super long hair. Yeah, but come on, if you you're old enough now to where if that was gonna happen, wouldn't you start to see signs of it already? I mean, Nate saw signs when he was, I think, before he, he was 21. <laughs> yeah, Nate was bald in high school. Nate, when he was at Missouri Valley, had like. Didn't Nate at Missouri Valley, he had, like, long hair, no? Yeah, he did. And then, like... Oh, my God. Do you think they ever checked his ID, his birth certificate at Fargo? He what? You think he, they ever checked his birth certificate out in Fargo back in the day? Like he's Daniel Because he looks like an old man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he's, oh, my God. No, but, like, Nate... Nate had long hair, and then I guess sometimes it just started missing out on him. It can happen to anyone. Maybe I, think, you know what? Yeah. I never thought to ask if he's got frostbite. 
if that's what the cause of it was. Because <laughs> you know, <laughs> like in the tundra in the tundra areas, it takes a while for stuff to go there. Yeah, he's a California guy. How do you think Nate would look right now if he had hair? Do you think he'd grow like luscious hair if he could? Have you seen him with hair? I, I think I have once, and from what I remember, it's pretty hilarious. Oh, it's funny. <laughs> oh, you know what? Since we're on the topic of Nate, and this is what I wanted to bring up. All right. Okay. So you, you guys seen Jackass the movie, right? The third one? Yeah. All right. When, when, yeah. When Wee Man and, and his girlfriend in the, in the skit walk into a bar, and it, and then the, another little guy comes in and is supposed to be Wee Man's, like, with his girlfriend, and then it turns yes. into a, a bar um, a bar brawl with a bunch of little guys. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do a reenactment, because I was watching this with Travis Rice the other day, and I want <laughs> like, to do a reenactment with, with Dennis, Nate, Terry Allison, Spencer, and Timmy. Oh my god! Because <laughs> yeah. they got the little, they got the little police guys and the little paramedics that come with a little stretcher. <laughs> yeah, we gotta make this happen, dude. And play Dennis's wee man. I think he can pull that that role off pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talk about your relationship with Dennis, because I, through you, I've seen a softer side of him that I've never seen before. So uh, what what is it about you and and you and him I guess? I think it's just with, with any coach I've had we we have a good relationship where I I think I do I realize don't there's be a fine diplomatic line. about well this. no I feel I feel like no, I'll You're get into it. I feel him. like there's there's a fine line between like when it when you got to be serious and when you got to be and you know when you can joke around because I had that with Spencer Spencer was my teammate and, and a good friend of mine for so long and now he's my coach. So there's the playful sides, and that's what we got. What I was able to develop with Dennis, and that kind of, for me, it helped. Like, and when, when you see it with little, like you can create bonds with little kids that you're coaching. It, you know, it creates that better bond. And and I, I had that with Dennis, and it just it, the relation, the the coach athlete relationship, kind of like grew better, just because like we knew what our, you know, we knew when to turn on and turn off, you know, when we can joke and, and sit around to the side and then when things had to get serious. But now that, you know, Dennis isn't my coach anymore, there's a lot more, you know, joking we around. and uh, You bring out well, a different yeah, side. I wouldn't even say joking around. It gets, you know, you guys have heard us. It's uh, two angry little people going at it. Sometimes yeah. there's a loving child. Yeah, you know, it's about 80% romantic side. <laughs> it's a little guy thing. You wouldn't understand, Jack. Yeah. I wouldn't, man. I wish I did, man. And I think yeah, Joe, that's weird for you because, like... And you have a right to be jealous because, you, you know, it's a good thing to have. Well, right. what's, weird, what's weird for me? It's like, huh? before you even, you brought it up, like, talking about the the light guys, how think that they, you know, whatever, they're you know, they're faster, better technically. And yeah, like, I do. Okay. Where do you see it? How do I say this to where it sounds vaguely professional? Do you see, like, if you picture 55 kilos to 130 kilos in your mind, okay? And from, let's say, 55 to 63, like, this is how I see it anyway, from 55 to, like, say, 63, it's a higher pace. Clearly, it's a higher pace. There's, 
at, at any tournament, a uh, higher margin, higher point threshold, you're obviously going to see more dynamics. You're going to see more throws, more action on the feet, and so on and so forth. And then for me, like my vantage point anyway, is that once you start getting to like, let's say, 67 to 77, it starts to kind of even out a little bit, maybe even to, maybe even to non-Olympic 82. And then once you start to get to 87, 97, 130 is when it starts to become more of a grind and there's more of a, like a more of a brutal physical kind of contest. Do you see it the same way I do? Like that it, it meshes through, like there's three, three different almost, I don't want to say three different styles, but three different kind of approaches. Yes. Yeah, I do. And I think that there's, there's certain guys. Um, at every weight that might, you know, might not rule. fit into that, yeah. be exceptions to the rule. But I think that's, that's dead on, man. And sometimes I look at these smaller weights and stuff and just how competitive they are and at least how, how much deeper they look to me. Like me and Luke Sheridan were talking about this the other day. I mean, to me, at least, I feel like my weight in 97 and, and 130 that there's like the top two or three guys and that, and they're, they're kind of duking it out. And a lot of times the number one guy is on an island, especially on one at 130 for like, you know, many of the years past. And then there's, you know, a couple guys duking it out for national team. And then there's a huge gap to where I feel like the little guys, it's crazy to me how, how good everybody is at least from uh, the outside looking in. Um, You're talking about to me. I, yeah. And, and just like how many, how, I, I mean, the just the level of talent technique. Yeah. The rate of, of scores and what, what, how they can wrestle and yeah, the style. Um, you know, I wish that I could, I wish that I could wrestle it, but I think that if you put me into a little guy's body, I don't know. I think I, uh, I don't think I would be as successful, but then again, you know, I'm so used to wrestling bigger guys, you know, I've also heard people like a lot of coaches be um, romantic in verbiage about, about like my weight class, like the 180, like, especially like Mo Mir. I mean, cause he used to wrestle it, but a lot of people love that weight class too. But I, I still think even getting up to like 87 kilos, I think, it's uh, it's it's just a much different game. I really do. And to where, like, if you want to say less or more, I, w- I, w- I would say that I think that they're way better down low. And if I was, like, even, like, even technique-wise, even if I was going to, like, compare the level of technique that I know compared to, like, smaller guys, I think that, you know, like we, we get booked for like clinics and stuff by our accomplishments, but I think there's a lot of guys, you know, at lower weights that can show higher level Greco technique than me by a long shot. You know, like a lot of the ways I win is just, just kind of duking it out, man. Uh, that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, but that's what people need and want to see, I think, at the middle to upper weights. You know, like for, yeah. as, for as much we say, uh, when, you know, when Greco is exciting, it's because guys are, you know, hitting, you know, fours and fives and there's body locks and arm throws all over the place. I think that in a way, 
at least maybe this is more of a hardcore kind of perspective, but it's like the same thing with, you know, it's the same thing for me with boxing, I would say, is that once you get past, let's say, well, depending on the organization, but let's say for the sake of argument, like, you know, junior middleweight or, or, or just middleweight, and you, that's, you know, then you start shaking hands with like heavyweight and cruiserweight and everything else. Like, you want to see those guys just kind of banging out where it, yeah. when you're watching, let's say, I don't know, Featherweight or, you know, uh, Junior Lightweight or whatever, and, you want to yeah. see volume, you know, you want to yeah. see volume and you want to see slick combos and stuff like that. Like, I think it's the same thing in Greco. I do. Like, I don't think, like, I don't think, I don't think the educated greco observer or fan looks at a weight class like 87 or 97 and laments the fact that there's not this cavalcade of you know giant throws from the feet i think they understand what it is they're watching why it's unfolding the way it is and i think they appreciate that you know like it's those matches and that's another thing i mean medlin said this really well on the record a couple of years ago but it's like at the upper weights I mean, he wasn't referring to the upper weights when he said this, but I liken it to the same thing, is that in the upper weights, now I'm not talking about the poison that is passivity and the, just the general governance of an, you know, in match, but at the upper yeah. weights, when it is a close match, but it's a hard match, it's a hard fought match, and it's a hard pummel, and there's just constant give and take and hand fighting and stuff like that. And it's, you know, we're getting into the second period now and it's maybe it's one, one or whatever it is. That shit is edge of the seat material. You know what I mean? Like it's like, yeah, for better, for worse. You talk to me about that too. Yes. And it's like, that's the fight right there. The fight isn't, necessarily just hand fighting and then somebody's going to like get something awesome off it's like hey wherever this leads maybe it doesn't lead to anything but a step out or a passive but still it's gonna it's gonna wind up leading to something and i think that me personally i would like it if we marketed that better if we leveraged that attitude better you know because it's it's not very productive to go ahead and we point our own fingers and say oh you know we need more action yeah we need more action maybe in the sport overall but part of that is just like i said before is the governance the governance kind of forces an action if anything to a degree but like those tense moments of a match especially (laughs) when they're big strong guys and we're talking 87 97 and you know well heavyweight Sometimes you could take it or leave it, but certainly 87 and 97, when it's that kind of match, those sometimes are the best matches of every tournament. Like sometimes, yeah, you know, sometimes. So I'm just trying to give the upper weights their, you know, I love it all, but I'm just saying. So they're due. The upper weights, they're due. There's some some upper weights like Kayeb from Turkey. He's, a, you know, a little brick house but he's boring to watch he's and really you got boring guys to watch he would have been an awesome center in the nfl man he and then you got guys like robbie match. and then you got guys like robbie who wrestles like out he's 67 kilos yeah yeah that's fucking awesome see i wish i could do that i wish i had a different style i guess i don't i don't You're i don't on the know. world team joe why would you wish to have a difference clearly working for you you're the Ralph Plow. No, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that it does. 
I'm not saying that it doesn't work and that like, I'm not proud of it. I'm just saying that I wish that I could be a fucking dynamic thrower and I like try to work on it a little bit. I should be working on it more, but it's just like, it's just, I don't know. It's not, it's not really my style. You know, I think I would like, I, I don't know. I just wish that I can fucking throw as much as some of those little guys do. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, but that's prop. Yeah, but I mean, if you don't mind me saying, I that's I that is not a uh, a technical issue. That's a landscape issue, isn't it? Like, I mean, there there's there's not the same opportunities necessarily. I mean, I guess the argument to that would be, well, you can create those opportunities, then that might be fair. But I mean, if anything, that's unanimous. Like, I mean, that's not a Joe Rao thing. That's an eighty-seven kilo thing. You know, unless we're talking about like, you know, the round of 32 or something at the open and you catch somebody who is new to the sport or something like that. I just, it's funny because I, I, I hear a lot of big guys get mad when they hear like the Paul Talgrens talk about the lightweight. Oh, well, because like Talgren has lightweight bias. That's his column yeah. on five point. And there were people, yeah. there were comments and stuff like that. And I, we got emails and stuff like that. Like, oh, you know, there's other weight classes out there and all this other stuff. And it's like, dude, just yeah. relax. All right. Yeah. I'm just saying that, like, yeah, I think it's impressive and people appreciate to see bigger guys do things. And I think that is cool. Why? Like, it's, that's why it's exciting um, when a big guy does, you know, hit a throw or something. I'm just like. Uh, come on, like, it's at least to me, like, if I'm viewing it, it's more exciting to see, Sam, you know, Sammy Jones b- bombing somebody back and forth or, you know, Hayden Tillmore or Mango or Max or, you know what I mean? I, I I think that's more exciting, at least when I'm watching. But I, well, who knows? I have ADD. I don't like seeing people just pushing each other. I don't love to see people pushing each other either. I think there's a difference between pushing each other and where you're pushing each other and it's optics. Like you're not pushing each other because you're actually trying to do anything. You're pu- it's a competition to see who could look busier. Okay. That's yeah. different than actually pushing each other and pummeling your brains out because you're actually trying to get an angle or get around back or get to the body. Like, and I think that there's a, I think there's a very clear difference between one and the other. Like I, I, I think anybody who knows, I, I would hope anybody who knows the sport can tell the difference. Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference, to be honest with you, depending on how good it is. Considering that being passive is a skill in, in of, of itself, but I mean, nevertheless, yeah. I don't know. I get into it, and I'm not just saying that because like I, I, I'm, I have to like put on the role of chief advocate here. It's just that like I find it. Uh, I don't want to say offensive necessarily because that would be melodramatic, but I do. I get annoyed when people are like, oh man, like, you know, they're just, they're just doing nothing. And they're just, and it's like, come on. I mean, do you know the stakes involved in this one position right here? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's the. Yeah. I'm not saying. Yeah. But not, we don't do a good enough job, saying. Joe, of make, of those gripping moments in matches. Especially, especially if we're talking upperweights, we don't do a good enough job of, pre- of presenting that to the public. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't do a good enough job of like, here, this is what's going on. This is why right here, it, it you know, 
beneath the surface, there's 90 things going on right here. We just don't do a good job of that. You know, when we show highlights, we show highlights. We show bombs and we show everything else. And, of course, because you have to use that to tantalize the general public. But, like, other than that, like, I mean, look at how Rulon Gardner won the Olympics. Okay, what? Nobody complains about that, really. You know, I mean, and it was and it was nuance. That was it was not, you know, some kind of blitzing offensive technique it's because a guy's hand stopped being classed yeah i agree and and, uh you know that that's a good example um damn straight like i'm saying that there's there's plenty of examples but i'm saying if i watched 197 matches and 100 matches at you know 55 I think I would enjoy the 100 matches at 55 more. Oh, well, I mean, you'd have to be delirious not to. Um, for the- exactly. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that I'm not, I'm not like, making it out to be, like, kind of how you're saying it. I know you're not. I'm just, I'm just, I know you're not, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just bringing up my perspective to uh, round out the uh, conversation here. Uh, we're here speaking of with... Joe Rao and Max Nowry, they're both leaving in less than a day's time, much less than a day's time, if not hours from now, to travel to Kazakhstan for the World Championships, whenever you're hearing this. For the audience at home or in your cars or at your computer desk at your office, just to let you know is that Max Nowry right now is on screen and he is lounging back in his lair he has he has one hand behind his head and he's kind of pitched on his left side as if he's posing on a beach wearing earbuds it's just quite the optic uh Rao is not on camera nor nor am I now Max is getting up now he's making himself more comfortable and now Max. now he has his hands full and I can't look at this kid <laughs> you want me to go down to ninja yeah, when did you get this turtle? How, uh, why, this why Russian did, tortoise. You ever seen the the video of um, someone putting a, a turtle on a skate on a tech deck skateboard? Those little toy skateboards. <laughs> um, and, and it starts. Uh, I have to I'll look. I'll, let me look it up right now. And um, it starts yeah, moving on. its legs, and it's riding the skateboard. So when I saw that video, I wanted to get a turtle because mainly for the Ninja Squad, and I was going to name yeah. name it Ninja. And my buddy back home in Illinois, I drove back there in July, and they had two little Russian tortoises. And I was like, and they were trying to get rid of it. And I was like, oh man, I'll take them. So they're tortoises, but I still look at them as turtles. And one's named the, the boy is Ninja, and the girl is April O'Neil. Anyway, oh, that's a good April. one. Yeah, that's a good hey, one. Tell tell the people what the Ninja Squad is for those who don't know. Or who's the, in it? The Ninja Squad. Is comprised of well, it's different now because we got more guys and and but the original Ninja Squad was six fifty five, sixty, sixty three, and sixty seven kilos for the army, and um, so that was myself, Ildar, Mike, Ryan, um, and Ellis, and um, the way we had kind of split up training was. The little guys would work with our coach Allie and do lifts, 
and the bigger guys. At this time, we only had two squads within within the males. It was the little guys, which kind of gave ourselves a ninja squad name, and um, we would kind of talk crap to each other, like the big guys talk crap to the little guys, and, and vice versa. And then we just came up with the ninja squad and and just kind of went from there. And, and it's been what do, you a, call, what do you call the big guys? Um. Well, Sheridan calls them the Snorlax squad. So if, if, if anyone is if if anyone's into boy, him and Coach Mango are um, big into Pokemon, <laughs> Pokemon, Pokemon. They try to be po- yeah, Pokemon. all of you guys are. Yeah, they try to be Pokemon masters, so they name themselves the Snorlax Squad. So that's what that's about. I would at least chose like Blastoise or something, not Snorlax. Yeah, cool. I heard that um that Mango's buying uh, Coach Mango's buying a Pika. Yeah, so you know he's a big Pikachu fan, and um, <laughs> we found out that well, I I was I went to a SS Park, and on top of the mountain there was um this is like these signs with like the native creatures and stuff, and they had a Pika, and I was like, oh man, I was like this is actually a real thing, it's like a squirrel. So I gave him a call and I told him I'm gonna buy him a Pika as a pet. That way he can be like a legitimate Pokemon master or trainer, whatever you want to call them whisper yeah and he he didn't <laughs> he didn't enjoy that too much so then i told him he um i would get it for his son that way he had to keep it oh my god so, that's awesome so I'm, I'm still thinking about doing pokemon? that huh too much time golfing why don't you play pokemon yeah all my free time spent golfing i don't hmm. have time to catch i don't have time to throw pokeballs and catch catch things what, did someone ruin your ATV? Did I hear that right? Oh, yeah. It's still in the shop. Yeah, during our team camping trip, old Tracy took it out. Him and Jacob Mitchell. It's Rocky? No, no, Jacob Mitchell and, and Tracy. Yeah. Tracy. <laughs> yeah. Tra- it, was, it was dark. It was late at night. We're out in the middle of, like, nowhere. There's no lights or anything. So Tracy Tracy's following uh, Jacob on, on, on my four-wheeler. And um, I told Tracy, I was like, there's lights on this thing, but, you know, these jumps are kind of, these little jumps and bumps, they creep up on you and you can't see them until last minute. And on top of that, he's following Jacob on, on another four-wheeler and the dust is getting kicked up. And Tracy took it over a jump and it landed straight forward into the ground and uh, kind of like bent the, the front frame a little bit, the handlebars. And yeah, it needs some work done to it. I'm sure, you had a good, I'm sure you had a good time on it, though. Did I show you the Rao Wagon when I was out there? The Rao Wagon? Yeah, the Nissan Pathfinder. I saw one when I was in Chicago. No, you didn't. That was that was that was my normal car. So when I was when we were just at a camp in Colorado, I like came straight back from Peru, and uh, I just I just bought a car. <laughs> I, just, I just walked to all the used car lots, and I just bought a car <laughs> with cash. I was like, dude, I'm tired of it. Well, I, I woke up and I had a rental car like planned for 6 a.m. And I was like, I'm going to do the hanging lake. You know, I was going to go do that hike like super early. Mm-hmm. I got to the airport that I just like flew into the day before. I woke up at like 4.30 and I got there like before 6 so that I can get my car and just go. And, oh, man, the lady working there was just. She was just a freaking witch, and they didn't have any cars. Even though I saw somebody return a car, she's saying they didn't have any cars, and 
I waited there for like three hours for them to get cars. They never got them. It was a whole debacle. Uh, I was on the phone, so I paid for an Uber there, paid for an Uber back. I was carless. I just canceled my reservation. And, um, and then I just spent the rest of the morning walking around every used car lot and, <laughs> and the, like around the OTC. And then I just bought a, I bought a Nissan Pathfinder just right there and then in cash, man. And, uh, and they so free, man. It was great. Like <laughs> kind of like that, that place right next to, uh, the gas station next to that one bar, like the little, the little, like car dealerships where there's only like 10 or 10 or 12 vehicles. Oh, I've been, I went to all of them, man. I went to all of them and I talked them down from 3,500 to 2,350. And, uh, yeah, that freaking car sweet. And I drove it back here. I drove it all around Colorado and then I drove it back to Chicago. I'm giving it to my little brother. Well, you missed out on a golden opportunity there. You could have got yourself a moped. (laughs) I know. (laughs) <laughs> well, did you see when I was in Aspen? Oh yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. You had that. You already had that going for you. You should have just went with it. Yeah. Got a I moped. Took the picture of the moped, man. No, man. Well, I, I almost traded straight up, but no, man. I, I'm telling you, man. I'm not like a car guy. I don't know why, but just driving in the mountains in that thing. I think I'm. I think I'm just gonna. It's like addicting. I might just buy old cars and just drive them around fix them i don't know but, you should need uh, to turn a van into a like a a van into an rv buy oh, a van you know and I'm, gut it you know i'm gonna do that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna buy a house man i'm gonna buy a van and i'm gonna i'm gonna pimp it out i'm gonna you know i kind of want to turn my dodge journey into into like a living space but i just don't i'm not handy man i'm not Corey <laughs> hope i don't know how to do anything I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I have no skills. Yeah, but, but you we could. Have YouTube, so. Yeah, I was just about to say you can probably like YouTube something like that, or like I'm sure there's like you know weird. I've been playing piano that, that kind of Information. I've been learning piano. I've been learning piano over YouTube. Do you, do you learn from the cat that plays the chopsticks? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, dude. My my strength coach, he told me to go buy a lacrosse ball, right? To, like, you know, roll out on. Right, right, right. I have and, one right uh, here, right next to me, in fact. Oh, nice. I still haven't bought one. But I go out to buy a lacrosse ball. I come back with a guitar and a piano. Oh, my. Dude, you are like an impulsive mess. <laughs> so, you know that I own a guitar, a piano, a ukulele, a xylophone, a banjo, my brother's got a bass here. There's a violin upstairs, and I don't f- play any of them good. Like I can barely play a song on anything. But I buy, I buy. You know, I got like I got all these harmonicas and shit. <laughs> do you do you have a do you have a harmonica with the the piece that just stays on your head? Oh yeah. Can you bring that? No. Can you bring that to the world with you, please? I, I've never like stuck man, I played guitar on and off when I was younger and it's seriously my biggest regret. And like my buddies have stuck with it, they're really good now. So it pisses me off that I didn't stick with it. But you know, like everything Well they everything got music and, by the wayside for wrestling. You got you got wrestling and, and you got your food. What you what you need to do is you need to quit messing around and buy instead of buying all these different vehicles, you need to get a food truck. You need to buy your own, hey, your own you food know, truck. Who's the next 
You're the next episode, Max. I've just been putting it. I just haven't really been active on Child's Route because we're getting ready for Worlds. But you know what, Max? That's the thing, man. I don't like, I don't like cooking food. I just like eating it. Oh, really? If you're going to buy all these really different vehicles, you might as well buy a food truck just, just to have a food truck. You know what? I was like, when I was younger, I always kind of dreamed of owning my own restaurant. Sometimes I still do, but then I, I think about it. I'm like, F- that, you know, you're stuck to that location. Um, it's kind of like a, a change the rest of your life around you your ankle. Truck, you can you find people. Yeah, I bet the success rate on a food truck would be much higher than a restaurant. Yeah, we talked about, I mean, you know, Alex or uh, Alec Ortiz, man. He's talked about doing a food truck with Pat Smith um, for a long time, but yeah, I don't know if he'll ever actually do a, do a taco truck. Yeah, Alec, could, if he cooks good, you you can have him cook, and then you can throw Pat up on the roof playing guitar to reel all the Hell customers yeah. in. You could you well, could do stand up bus, on the side. There was this bus. There was this bus that would uh, like drive around, and they just had a bunch of cats that like played in a band. I swear to God, I I got I took a picture of it. I don't know, but it's a traveling cat band. I don't think any of them actually play. Like they tie them up, they tie them up the instruments and music plays or something. But uh, but uh, yeah, man, I've gotten crazy ideas. I'll have to recruit a chef. I've actually, dude, getting a reputation as a food guy is so weird because now, like, that's like all people talk to me about. But I've met like. A lot of people, and I've like in just from circumstance, I've met like uh, some chefs and stuff like that. Um, I met celebrity chef uh, Rick Bayless recently, but that was like I actually went. He was at the Cubs game, but um, is that the met, guy that like, cooks the people. the Hispanic food? Yeah, yeah. I just heard about him Dude. off of the, that Joe Rogan podcast that we were just talking about. Yeah, I, that's, he's a man. I don't know, man. I, I, I do sometimes just think about like going to culinary arts school and just, just saying like, maybe I'll love it if I actually try, but I, I don't like, I'm too lazy, man. I just, I'm obsessed with going to restaurants and I don't know. I was talking to Coon and Pat Smith about this. So like, how do you find all these places? How do you know about all these places? And it's just like, uh, it's an accumulation of a lot of things. It's like one now, like I said, people know me as a food guy. So then people are always talking to me about food and places to go. And then two, like my dad and my brother is like the same way. Like they, a lot of my spots I've actually found from them or I'm like always getting recommended by my brother's spots. And then three, I'm just like, it's kind of like when you buy, a car that you've never noticed before. Now all of a sudden, you know, you bought a Nissan Pathfinder like I just did. Now all of a sudden I notice Nissan Pathfinders. Like, yeah, that's true. When you get a new car, you notice it everywhere else. But now, like now that I'm supposed to be the guy that knows restaurants or like that likes trying new restaurants. And whenever I pass a restaurant, I, I like, it's like when people Zillow, like the house that they're in, if they're in the nice house, like, when we were at Rich Bender's house, you know, like, you just pay, you Google it, you know, um, that's what I do with restaurants. I see like what they're rated. Like I'm, I'm like uh, autistic about it. I'm like, I, I just look up restaurants constantly. If I'm going to a city or even close to a city, I like scope out all kinds of different eats. And like, I, 
I wake up every day and I search things about food, but constantly. Here's a question I figured I would bring up. I asked Ellis this last week. I know the status of your packing for both of you. Oh, yeah. Well, neither of us had packed at all. Right. <laughs> what do you... Was that a lead? Do, you, do either of you pack anything of, you know, unique or significant value for this particular uh, excursion here? Uh, mm, yeah, there's... Well, go food ahead, items, but... yeah. Because I'm picky about stuff. So uh, Ryan Mango and I always room together and we always pack the same type of things. We bring like tuna packets and crackers and uh, I went shopping today, bought tuna packets, crackers, bought a thing of relish. So that and some little snacks. That's the one thing I, I like to always remember to bring is snacks for competition day and leading up to it because I know I'm not always going to want horse meat for dinner. <laughs> Wait, the okay. last time we were in Kazakhstan, we all got food poisoning. Oh, yeah. Yep. And they got squatters. They had squatters there. So, like, I'm, like, you're, like, running halfway through. Pre- and we're just having three a days. So it was, like, a death camp leading up the world. We're having three a days, and two of them are, like, long, hard practices every day. You know, I got some Iranian dropping me on my neck. And like the make it worse, we all get food poisoning. So like every, in between every go, I'm running to the bathroom where there's squatters, not toilets, and I'm just rocketing out, you know, feces, and it's almost getting on my on my wrestling shoes. <laughs> it's so gross. It was terrible. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this was Shimkin, right? Yeah. This was Shimkin. Yeah. Was this? Yeah. Shimkin. W- was it really from horse meat? Oh yeah, we ate horse meat, man. No, but like, so the and horse meat was tainted or something? Uh, no, something, man. Something that happened. Everything just, they gave us. It was like the meat what? was laying out. You can just see the meat out, not refrigerated, and just like flies on it. And if we didn't eat it, it was just chopped up and put in the next meal. It was put in the salad or it was put in the soup. And it was like, you're going to eat it, man. <laughs> and so, <laughs> the power kept going out. And, uh, and uh, yeah, man, it was, it was quite the trip. But, like, I was having the time of my life still. But it was, but it was freaking, yeah. It was, it was pretty gross. And then, like, with me, like, you know, you know this about me. I'm too nice when, like, people offer things to me. I always say yes. But then also, like, they're passing around the milk, which uh, it's like, what is it, goat milk or something, you know? That was horse milk. And uh, the horse milk or something. Now I'm thinking of Kingpin, where he took the liberty of uh, milking his his Safe from the source. (laughs) 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 Yeah, whatever it was. People like pass it around and everybody's faking. They're like, Oh yeah, it's good. And they're just like pressing the cup up to their lips. Like they're not swallowing any of the milk. And I put it up to my lips and I'm like, Mmm, it's really good. And then like, I like overdo it to where the guy's like, you could have the rest of it. <laughs> and it's like a whole Dixie cup of this gross milk. And he's like wanting to watch me enjoy it. And so then I had to take a big swig of it and they're just a clump. Like a whole cheese curd in there. It was, it was, yeah. Did it, did it squeak? 
Yeah, what? squeaked. Yeah, the good the good cheese curds they squeak. I had a very weird day. It was just uh, very hectic. That guy showed up and he's pounding on my door. And I live in my brother's basement, so like you just threw your whole day off. Huh? I was I was I was sleeping, kind of, and um, I had a workout anything? at noon. Yeah, I think so. I can't remember, but I did have a dream about a girl that I, I once knew in college, and I it was like, uh, that was a couple of days ago, and I was like, I almost texted her. I'm like, no, that's weird. You should have. Uh, she she randomly Snapchatted me, and so and I was just thought it was too weird to no, be. Yeah, uh, that freak. That would freak coincidence. me out. Yeah, that would freak me out. So then, I, but then you didn't I didn't send her Snapchat back. I did. And then I told her I had a dream about her. And then, of course, he was like, what was it about? And I was like, yeah, you don't want to know. And then, <laughs> and then she was like, no, I want to know. You know, and it was, you know, it's inappropriate. But uh, she liked it. She, she, she was, uh, yeah, she was flattered to be in my dreams. <laughs> but anyway, this, this, uh, <laughs> this, this guy, he pound, I just hear, hear someone upstairs pounding on the door, and I, I'm like really pound, freaking, pounding hard. He was pounding, not like super hard. I just hear someone knock on the door. Not like a, so not like, a just, like a donkey stomping or donkey can't get the door right. He's just no, he wasn't knocking like the police. Just but, knocking um, with the purpose. Yeah, knocking with the purpose. He he okay. had business to do. But I thought that it was a guy leaving a package, and I was just like, oh, well, whatever. You know, I was like half asleep. I was like, whatever. This is, uh, you know, he'll 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 leave the package there. Then I was like, oh, maybe I need a sign for it. And I and I still almost was just like, whatever. I'll see the sticker. I'll go get it. But uh, for whatever reason, this is really uncharacteristic of me. I got out of bed to to actually see who was at the door and I rushed up to it. Cause like, if I don't know if, if I don't like know the phone number, I don't answer the phone. If I don't, you know, if someone's knocking on the door, I know it's not my brother or Amanda who lives here. So I don't, I don't know. I, I'm probably not going to wake up to go see who it is, but I did. And it was this old super old guy to, to, to take my pee. And I literally just peed. Uh, like I kind of woke up half asleep. That's why I was half asleep. I woke up to pee. And then he came, and I'm like, God damn it. So it's like, it's taking me like two hours to pee. I'm just pounding water, pounding water. And, like, I'm texting my lifting coach, like, hey, man, I'm going to be late. So that that was, like, the story of the whole day, man. Went to the grocery store. I got, like, all this stuff. And then <laughs> the girls told me the total. And I was like, damn it, I don't have my wallet. And so then I, and then I had a ride home, and then I noticed I was on E. So my car, I was scared my car was going to die. And it was totally because I was riding home from practice like the other day. And I was like, screw it. I'm going overseas soon. I don't need gas. So it was just all just like a cluster. And then I go to the gas station after I come back with my wallet and buy the stuff. And uh, it was, <laughs> but um, I go into the gas station and the dude that works there is just playing guitar in the middle of the gas station never seen this before he's just jamming out and then he goes and gets a gas can 
and he tells me to play bongos with him. So I sit in there and I play bongos and I play his guitar for like 30 minutes. You're the only person this thing, these things happen to. You got all this these instruments in your house and all you need is a gas, an empty gas can. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> this guy's playing, this guy's playing guitar. There's customers coming in. They're like, what the f*** is going on? And uh, the people are Snapchatting it and shit. And uh, I kept trying to record it and it was hard because I'm trying to like, you know, I'm trying to rig my phone up in, in between a couple of Snickers bars and stuff like that. But uh, I put a couple of stuff on my story, but it was a really odd day cause for like for those kind of reasons. How, how was your day? Yeah. How was your day, Max? Your last how's day in the day? United States? Uh, hectic. Well, because yesterday I went and golfed. And after I went and golfed, I made it two little purchases um, for my golfing uh, trips. And so that kind of carried on over to today. So I have to practice. What did I do? Went to practice. Then I went and got my hair cut. Then I got my truck washed. I always got to make sure, like, before I leave, I got to make sure my house is clean, my vehicle is clean. I'm like, I, I can't leave my place dirty. <laughs> so I went, went and cleaned up, got Rowdy some more food, went to Walmart, got some snack, went and did a little sauna go out at Fort Carson, went and saw... Angel has fallen. Then I came home and got on uh, with you two fellers. Angel has fallen. Yeah. It's like you know, there's Olympus has fallen. London has fallen. Oh. This is the third one. Like I like it. There's a lot of action. You know, like nine, brothers, ninety. A lot older. Like ninety-nine percent of action movies, I won't let myself enjoy. I can't take them seriously. Oh, you know what I saw? Me and oh. Timmy were kind of talking about this yesterday. About how we laugh at some like movies that we shouldn't laugh at. Like I'm almost to the point where it's got to be either it's got to be either funny or super serious. And then even super serious is really funny to me. But like, like um, I love romantic comedies. I, I love this. romantic stuff. I love like that kind of stuff. But like something about action, like I don't. And then I just have problems with stuff not being realistic. I have a lot of problems getting past that. It's not that I have a problem with something that's not realistic. I have a problem if they don't do a good enough job that allows me to suspend disbelief. Does that make sense <laughs> yeah. to you? Like, yeah, I, I can yeah, watch yeah. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and, like, suspend disbelief watching it with my kids. Okay, like, I can imagine yeah. that, like, you know, this, like, weird world where all that stuff is, like, somehow plausible. Okay, like I that that I can do. It's when it's laughable, you know what I mean. Like there's a there's, yeah. there's a difference. It's the same thing with, you know, if you go to Broadway and watch a play, like it's obvious yeah. that this is not. There's no. It's not vague. Like you know, it's a play. So if it's a play that you know, you know, like I, I don't know what what what. Give me an example. You know you. Take uh, took, we took Jersey our, Boys. No, okay, no Jersey Boys. But we took we took our daughter to Frozen on Broadway last year. Okay, yeah. Okay, now it's very clear that Frozen is not reality. Okay. Yeah. Like, okay, but like you're sitting there, you get caught up in it. Do you ever sing the music? Do you ever catch yourself? Just oh, I know all it? the songs to the Frozen. Are you kidding me? I love the movie. I I have a really good relationship with the movie Frozen. Uh, actually. I had a really good night with the with the you woman. Know what, Joe, I don't want to hear the rest of it because it's a special movie between me and my daughter and things like that. And you're going to ruin it. You're going to sully too, the whole for thing different for different reasons. For different reasons. 
you know, it was a long time ago, and uh, yeah, we won't we won't go. I wasn't going to go into details. I just said I'm also a fan of the movie. Okay, what about uh, I saw the trailer today. There's uh, there's a new Rambo coming out called Last Blood. You think that's going to okay. be good? Yes, I like do. I do think it's going to be good because. When Stallone started remaking all his stuff, you know, 13 years ago, beginning with Rocky Balboa, it's like he was trying to right wrongs, like not counting the Expendables, because that was obviously a new creation. But like, you know, that first Rambo, uh, not remake, but that first Rambo sequel or whatever he came out with like a year or two later or whenever it was. Rocky Balboa itself, which kicked off this phase for him, was, I mean, to me, it's the second best Rocky, maybe third, but top three of the Rockies for sure. And then I thought the last Rambo was good. You know, I thought it was sharp. So I, I expect this one to be dope. I totally do. I think it's going to be good. See, I, I won't let myself even, like, I won't even, I, I like, will tell myself something stupid before I even, like, give it a chance sometimes. But... I literally will go and see every movie in the theater. Like I'll see even the worst movies, even movies I don't like. Like when I moved out to Minnesota, like, and then me and me and my friend powers became really good friends. And we would do this all the time. We would go to movies that were so bad or that we knew we wouldn't like. And we got so much enjoyment out of it. But like, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. There's certain act. It's only with the action movies though. It's weird. It's only with the action movies where like like uh fast and furious or something like it's one of the stunts they do if it's just like i i get angry i get angry at it i actually get mad that how unrealistic it is i'm not saying that like i can't well like, you take it personally like if they're like, like they're all trying to insult your intelligence by making cars fall oh i also i also get mad when they like try and make someone out to be attractive or not attractive like they do that all the time like they'll make like the what? girl in the starting of the movie. The girl in the starting of the movie is like, oh, she's 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 like hideous. But then he, and then uh, she's miraculously beautiful. That that makes him livid. I'm like, she was attractive the whole time, you know, <laughs> you know, like stuff like that. I don't know. What um, movie are you thinking about with that? God, one of my. I'm thinking like, uh, what was that movie with uh, Freddie? Uh, don't say she's all that. She's all that, yeah. Is that it? That's one. Really? Yeah, she's all that. Yeah, and like, uh, Max is isn't there one with like Anne, <laughs> Anne Hathaway or something? You know, they're they're always doing that. They're always like, oh, here's the here's the girl that's totally on the radar and with like the right with the right man, she's gonna be beautiful. I'm like, dude, she looked good the whole time. Like, don't try and tell me. But then the same thing the other way. Like, I get infuriated sometimes. When someone's made out to be like this guy's, this guy's like the, he's the these dude, like everybody, he's a cool guy. I don't know, like that, that shit, like that annoys me. I don't know why. Um, like it really you've grinds ever seen your gears? the movie Accepted? What? Does it really grinds your gears, huh? Yeah. Wait, Accepted the movie with Justin Long? Justin Long, Justin what a, Long. What's and, wrong with that one? Okay. I well, first off, the like movie Justin sucks. Wal- Let's just get that straight. It's not a good movie, or <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination, it's not. But I want to know why. So, but you, you have a bone to pick about it. But the best, the best thing about the movie is is uh, 
Jonah Hill when like the the, the skeleton or something comes out of the wall and he screams like a girl, you know. But uh, and Jonah Hill, it's one of Jonah Hill's movies where he's like really fat, and it's awesome. But um, no, but Justin Long, who I like, like I think in some things he's really funny and and, and stuff. Um, but in that movie. His character, first of all, his name is like Bartleby, and he's supposed to be like this cool, this cool guy. Like he's really witty and smarty. Like I hate when like there's like forced wittiness and like I'm gonna sing this this song, everybody's gonna love it. Like I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know, I know. When he sings like the Ramon song, like uh, it's infuriating. Yeah, it is. It's bothersome. Totally. Max doesn't even have any clue what this movie is. I. I recall it, so I, I was just googling it so I can. <laughs> yeah, and, and I always because I don't know who Justin like... Long is by name. I know him by his face, but he's now good. I now I know what you're talking about. Yo, know what movie he's good in? That kid is he's real. There's two movies. The first one is um, Live Free, the Live Free and Die Hard, like the 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 second to last Die Hard. Oh. With Bruce, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, the movie called Waiting. You ever see Waiting? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a good the, movie. Yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah, there's a ton of people in that. Yes, yeah, he, he's good in that, but, like, I don't know. Um, they tried creating a vehicle for him. They tried making him a lead. They gave him some dumb Van Wilder type of role. And it's just, it's yeah. just, it's really completely freaking awful. Like completely is, is a bad movie. I saw it like, I don't know, I guess like a year or so after it came out on DVD. What about him in Dodgeball? Dodgeball yeah, is okay. Dodgeball. Yeah. Dodgeball is okay. Yeah. Yeah. See, see, have you ever seen Strange Wilderness, which is also not really a good movie, but it's funny. I never nope. saw it. Strange Wilderness. Strange Wilderness has got Steve Zahn in it, and uh, you know Max, the guy from Saving Silverman, not Jack Black, the other guy. Um, but oh, uh, from it, from American Pie? No, not not. Oh, a, are you the guy, about that, the, the guy that looks like Corey Hope. <laughs> Dude, how many? Corey, it's like the second time Corey's being brought up. <laughs> yeah, it's a Corey Hope kind of night. It's but, a, uh, got, he kind of looks like Corey. Him and Corey look alike. I don't know. Maybe. Um, a little bit. Steve's on. But Jack Steve, Black. Steve's on. Dude, Max is like running down IMDB right now. Jason. Just, so, <laughs> just so you know. You're talking about Jason Biggs? It, right it's now. really it's, fucking stupid. Max has like his laptop <laughs> open or something like that. His, his, yeah. Yeah. He's looking everything up. It's really stupid. It's like he he he's this guy who takes over like his dad's outdoors show, and he's just like he's kind of just a drunk idiot with his friends, and it, it's 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 a really dumb movie, but it's funny. Um, like there's like tapes of like a bear like fetching salmon out of a river, and he's like bears are named after a football team in Chicago. It's like it's just really dumb, but uh, but it's it's like over the top. But Justin Long's character in it, I don't know why, he's so stupid, but he like me and my brother quote it some reason. He's like this this stupid hippie who like he gets like a tattoo of like eyeballs on his eyelids so people don't know that he's sleeping at the meetings and stuff and and then there's a part where like they're about to get into it and he's like, You wanna fight? I'm fight I haven't fought for years. 
So we always say that to each other. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't like him in that movie. We're we're in a really weird uh, space right now. We're talking about. I couldn't think of a better way to close that segment. And that's the truth. Usually we close segments with, you know, closings. You know, best of luck, good luck, everything. You know, thanks for coming on and all that. I I, I had to cap it with Rao saying we're entering a weird place because there's no more accurate way to put it. We had entered a weird place. But I hope it was worth it. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. You know, I know, especially Rao, I mean, some of these guys are out there a bit on their socials and, you, you know, I think the audience gets a chance to kind of gain a sense of how they are and the characters that they are. But this was even a deeper dive than what is the norm. And that is the goal, part of the goal. That is part of the mission for Five Point Move. I mean, that is a, that is a big part of it is for the audience, for anybody, the wrestling public, just whomever, whoever wants to get to know our U.S. Greco-Roman athletes, especially the Olympic-level athletes, to get to know who they are as people and the wonderful characters that they are and the wonderful athlete representatives that they are. I mean, this is what we do, and I just hope you got a kick out of it. We're going to be coming in hot, entering the World Championships. We're going to have previews coming your way. We're going to have Nate Engel on site, on location in Kazakhstan, helping out. He's going to check in with reports. He's going to get some athlete insights from the tournament. So be pumped up for that. He did a wonderful job in 2017. He's going to do so again, and we're looking forward to it. Social media concerns to follow Giangelo Hancock on Twitter. That is at Olympic Kid with two Ds. Olympic Kid to follow him on Instagram. That is at Hancock OG. Joe Rao, you can follow on Twitter at Rousler84, R-A-U-S-T-L-E-R. And on Instagram, it is just at Rousler. Max Nowry is easy. Max Nowry isn't messing around with social media right now. And if that changes, we'll let you know. Dennis Hall, if you'd like to follow Dennis Hall on Twitter for no apparent reason in or whatsoever, you can do so at Dennis Hall. WGW for USA Greco Roman news and athlete perspectives. Please go to fivepointmove.com and as always, follow along on Twitter at 5PTMove. That's it for episode 28, everybody. Thanks for listening and we'll see you soon. <laughs>